You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome in, everybody, to the flagship podcast. I am Chip Brown of Horns 24-7, joined as always by the managing editor of Horns 24-7, Taylor Estes. Taylor, uh, rough trip to Lubbock for the Longhorns, and now uh, they're coming back home to take on the West Virginia Mountaineers. And there might be some good news on the horizon for Quinn Ewers at quarterback. He could be making his return to the field after having his left shoulder driven into the turf (laughs) by Dallas Turner of the Alabama Crimson Tide. Remember how good Texas fans felt after that loss to Alabama? Yeah, it's kind of the... It's it's kind of par for the course, I guess, you know, um, compete with Alabama, the former number one team in the country, then, you know, put a pretty solid showing together aside from, I would say, the first quarter against UTSA, but still, you know, a hand, a very substantial win, 41-20, right, 41-20, yeah, 41-20 against UTSA, and then Oh, uh, Steve Sarkeesian ends that winning streak that Texas had in Lubbock going into last week's game. And we, we want to apologize. We were unable to do a game reaction episode of the flagship podcast. Some um, matters presented themselves. So um, we apologize for that little scheduling um, hiccup there. But yeah, I mean, Chip, this was a uh, there's a lot of hope, I think, that was has dwindled from the Texas fan base coming out of that Texas Tech game. And uh, there's no there's no time for the Longhorns to really sulk or, uh, you know, hold their head down because they've got a, another interesting opponent coming to Austin this week in West Virginia. Yeah, I mean, you you look at what happened in the Texas Tech game, Texas Tech air raid team. Uh, West Virginia air raid team, the crossing routes that Texas Tech was able to find success on. Uh, Donovan Smith went Jet Duffy on the Longhorns. I don't know how many Longhorns remember Jet Duffy having a Heisman-like night against Texas. Fortunately, Texas connected on a touchdown from Sam Ellinger to Lil Jordan Humphrey with like 21 seconds left to to beat Jet Duffy. But Donovan Smith you know, is throwing it to Miles Price like they're just in the backyard. Uh, These crossing routes were eating Texas up and they couldn't get enough pressure, the right kind of pressure on Donovan Smith. He kept finding the little drop down passes and that's exactly what 
West Virginia is going to do. So, and then when you look at West Virginia's defense, uh, it's on par with Texas Tech against the run. Uh, giving up less than 100 yards per game rushing, giving up a little bit more than three yards per carry. Tech was only giving up uh, 2.7 yards per carry. And Texas had some home run runs, the 40-yard touchdown run by Bijan Robinson. Um, Keelan Robinson had, you know, Bijan had a couple of long runs. But when it mattered most, Taylor, after Texas goes up 31-17 with 427 left in the third quarter, Texas offense goes three and out, three and out, and five and out. And it that's a pattern. If I mean, if you go back and look at the Oklahoma game, the Oklahoma State game last year, the Baylor game, the three games where Texas had a double-digit third quarter lead, and you look at where things started to bog down, it, it was right after they took those, you know, double digit third quarter leads that the offense started to either become too vanilla, too predictable. Uh, but Steve Sarkeesian's got to look in the mirror there and say, okay, what we got to mix up our play calling. I got to find stuff that, that these players can execute against whatever defense uh, is there because you go on the road and you go three and out, three and out in a hostile environment, that is a momentum shift in the building that every single player on both sidelines can feel. And Texas Tech rode that momentum all the way to a 37-34 a win. And then amazingly, and this is this may be a sign, when Texas has to go drive for a field goal with 21 seconds left, and they're in two minute and they're just hurrying up and they're, you know, bing bang boom, they go down the field, they Bert Auburn does it again, kicks a 48-yard field goal. This guy is coming through in these clutch situations, the 49-yarder with a minute 29 left against Alabama, a 48-yarder into the into the tech, you know, snake pit, uh, and he he drills it. And then are you kidding me? Bijan Robinson, his third lost fumble in his career to start overtime. I mean, it's uh you know, Texas fans are like, are you kidding me? The battered fan syndrome is back. Um, and now, Taylor, this team has to make sure that they come out with absolute max intensity and focus because they cannot afford to be in another tight game down the stretch because this has a, you know, a history of being a pattern. And I don't know what the psyche of this team is if they were to get into another tight situation with West Virginia and, and somehow lose the game. Yeah, it's, it's a valid question. And I don't think it's a question that many people expected to have or expected to be valid after the start to the season chip. I mean, Texas was showing a lot of different characteristics as a whole from last year to where even before the Texas Tech game, you know, I started sitting here thinking about I, I've got to stop trying to compare it to last year because this team's proven time and again, they're not the same team last year. And lo and behold, they go on the road and that happens. And when you talk about the three and outs, especially down the stretch, the only consistency and that repeating itself this year is Steve Sarkeesian's play calling. That's that's it. Because when you go back to the games last season when that happened, it was a lot of times Casey Thompson as the quarterback. 
different offensive line. You know, uh, some of the, I guess, some of the players that he was throwing to are obviously still there. But still, this is a different quarterback, Hudson Card, you know, and, and a different offensive line. They're in the same type of hostile environment where they lost those games a lot of times last season. And the only consistency is Steve Sarkeesian. I think it's important that you, you know, you saying that he needs to look in the mirror a little bit here because there's something happening when Texas takes a lead where it is stopping them from continuing to just put the, their foot on the throat of their opponent. It's like the, their whole, from being their whole all mantra, gas. Exactly. I would say their whole mantra of all gas, no breaks. It's like, no, it's, it's no gas, all breaks all of a sudden. And the only thing that I can really point to is if there's too much of a conservative play calling effort by Steve Sarkeesian. And I hate, I hate questioning the play calling because like, let's be real. Neither you or I can call plays in college football. Like nobody out here can, like it takes a very special mind. Um, somebody who has just spent their entire career learning the, to be effective in that way. And even some other, you know, offensive coordinators who spent their whole career, you know, leading offenses can't call plays. So I, I don't like questioning the play calling, but you have to also look at the picture here and the one consistency in these type of blown leads for Texas has been Steve Sarkeesian's play calling. Well, and he said himself last year that there were times in those situations where he cut back on the amount of motion to simplify the play call in because of the loudness of the cotton bowl or, you know, at Baylor because they had, a double digit third quarter lead lost in three different scenarios, neutral site home game against Oklahoma state and away game at Baylor, the neutral site, of course, the cotton bowl against Oklahoma. And, and so that's a question that only Steve Sarkeesian truly knows and his staff knows. Um, are we simplifying too much? Are we, uh, are we, relying on players to do things they can't do because listen, let's keep it real. Texas has some struggles in the interior of their offensive line. They got a true freshman in Cole Hudson. They've got a undersized leverage guy in Jake majors. And when those guys go up against bigger, faster, stronger defensive tackles, especially veteran guys who know how to, you know, get into gaps and penetrate and really make your life miserable because Texas likes to run that stretch play. The, the stretch plays nemesis is penetration. If you can just get in the way of the defensive lineman and let Bijan Robinson get outside the hashes or close to the hash, he will find that crease and he'll cut and, and make, make positive yards. But what we saw, um, and, and actually when he got hit for the fumble, he did the right thing. Everyone was over pursuing from Tech's defense, except for Krishan Merriweather. And because Bijan cut back and spun, he spun right into the tackle and, and boom, the, the ball pops out. But that that's the kind of stuff that Steve Sarkeesian has to evaluate. And, you know, there's some tight end game there that, that needs to become more, um, involved in this offense, Jatavian Sanders, Gunnar Helm. There are guys who you can feature uh, that you haven't featured in, in those situations to give the defense a different look. And, and look, we're, 
we're spitballing here. Texas has got to get it together uh, this week. The the good news is that it sounds like Quinn Ewers is going to go. And Quinn Ewers, when last we saw him, had completed 9 of 12 passes for 134 yards against Alabama and looked comfortable. And let's see what this guy brings to the field. Obviously, it's a home game. Uh, West Virginia's traveling across the country. Uh, they got to get their... They got to get their swag back, Taylor, and they got to they got to cover. I mean, they got to be emphatic about this. They, they, it can't be a win where everyone's questioning everything, especially going into OU the following week, and and still, you know, having Iowa State and Oklahoma State even before a bye week. I mean, y- you don't want the questions to sur- continue to surface. And I think you're right there um, you, with Quinn Ewers being back. I definitely do think that helps Texas a bit. On the flip side, I feel like Hudson Card is not getting really enough credit where credit is due. That that interception that he threw against Texas Tech was bad. That was a bad play. There's been some missed reads. I feel like, um, or you know, he's he's thrown the ball to receivers where there was a better option out there um, in in a few games. However, I will say this: I do not think that the skill players on offense are making enough plays. I, I feel like there's a couple. I, I'm not going to sit here and question the effort of Jordan Whittington. I feel like he's just a guy that's always going to give his all if he can. Same with Roshan Johnson. Bijan Robinson, too. I know that fumble, you know, it was unfortunate. You said his third career fumble. That's pretty good for a guy who has been the the workhorse of the Texas offense, at least for the last two straight years. Um but Xavier Worthy, I mean, if you look at advanced stats of of Texas through the first four games, I know he's a little injured or whatever his situation is right now, but the, he's supposed to be the deep ball threat guy. And in the, the contested catches, according to Pro Football Focus, he's only bringing in 20% of those. They're catchable balls, and he's not bringing them, and he's had one this season. And it's almost like if it doesn't go directly into his hands, he's not going to make a play. And I don't know why that is the case. I don't know what has changed there, but that's a huge, huge problem, regardless of who the quarterback is. And, you know, I think it kind of showed up a bit, especially against Texas Tech. You look at, I know the stat line, what was it? What did uh, Hudson Card's completion percentage, I think, was like 66.7 um, against Texas Tech. But if you look at pro football focus, their advanced stats, his adjusted completion percentage, which is based off of, catchable balls that should have been caught by the receiver that were dropped was 75%. You'll take 75% completion percentage any day of the week and twice on Sunday, like regardless of who the quarterback is. But that's an, that's a huge issue. And I feel like we've seen it too much, a little bit, especially from a guy like Xavier Worthy, who is an All-American, freshman All-American, had that huge breakout season, was so clutch for Texas last year. It's like the sophomore slump is sinking in and it's sinking in in the worst way possible for him right now. And he's got to get out of that. Yeah. He had a, he had a pass, a perfect pass from Hudson card in the first half against Texas tech went right through his hands and it, it, he had room to run. Um, And that's, that's when Xavier worthy is so dangerous with the ball in his hands in space. He can take a, a 10 yard slant and turn it into a 70 yard touchdown. And that's, you're right. It's it's not he's not played. Uh, we talked about him last week on the flagship podcast. How he had 11 catches, you know, through three games this year. He had nine last year, and then he erupted 
against Texas Tech last year. Five catches, 100 yards, three touchdowns. And and he did um, have a touchdown in, in this game against Texas Tech, didn't he? Yeah, he did. It was like his longest touchdown of the year. But again, it was like he was wide open, didn't have to make a play on the ball. Yeah, but then he had the other drops and that's mm-hmm. and that's uh that's tough. And you know, even on the interception, I don't know if Casey Kane saw the safety coming over, probably didn't. He didn't make a play to try and break up the interception. It it um anyway, the the playmaking at the and you know, Tariq Milton had a great catch. Uh, on that sideline, that 20, 26 yarder that helped get him down for the field goal that put the game into overtime. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't know if you move people around and try and get Tariq Milton on the field. I don't know what this is, what Steve Sarkeesian gets paid the big bucks for, but you're right. Um, Hudson Card, Quinn Ewers, whoever the quarterback is, they need their playmakers to go make plays. You're going to have to go track the ball. You're going to have to go um, you know, make a, make a play on the ball. And that's, that's something that has been a little bit mystifying. That was a little bit of an issue last year too. There were times where Xavier Worthy would cut behind the defender instead of across the face of the defender when he was supposed to cut across the face of the defender. And then it's an interception. So look, young player last year, a lot of attention. Um, I'm not quite sure what's going on there, but uh, Xavier Worthy, uh, I know we we all know can can be a, a huge factor when you look at guys like Xavier Hutchinson at Iowa State, Bryce Ford Wheaton from West Virginia who's coming in this week, a uh, big six three two fifteen uh, guy who just you know gobbles up the football. Uh, we know Xavier Worthy is electric, and and so um, that needs to pick up. It absolutely needs to pick up defensively. Um, you know, Texas tech, they go for it on fourth down. They convert six of eight and it um, it's, it's crazy. They converted a fourth and seven. They converted a fourth and four at the goal line with Donovan Smith, you know, on a delay draw and you know, that swarming that, you know, what are they, calling it uh populating the football i didn't see it as much and the thing is we could talk about 100 snaps for the defense but they're rotating guys like they're rotating corners you know jalen gilbo's out there jameer johnson's out there they're rotating guys in the defensive line david benda was out there at line i mean they rotated guys so it wasn't like 11 guys played 100 snaps that they've got to get back to swarming the football. And, and I get it. Tech was going up tempo. Um, tempo gives defenses problems. We know that they don't get a chance to make calls and adjustments. They just kind of have to play a base defense and, and read their keys. But West Virginia is going to go up tempo too. And so oh, yeah. this is going to be a, a situation where Texas gets to come home and correct all their mistakes right on their home field. Yeah, and and if anything, Texas Tech put together a a sheet of how to beat Texas right now, and Texas has to go into every single game expecting that you have to until until Texas can show that they can't be beat twice by that same style of offense or game plan or anything like that. 
they're going to keep seeing it. And and you mentioned it, you know, with uh, with West Virginia coming in and the Texas defense struggling, you know, against the going up tempo, struggling to get off the field. I mean, the thing is, it's like hard, I feel like, Chip. And it's going to be interesting for me to watch, especially this weekend and moving more into Big 12 play about how many times opponents are going to start trying to go for it on fourth down against Texas because of how much of an issue that was. I mean, most of those fourth downs were like fourth and like, I mean, I don't, I'm, I'm saying this off the top of my head. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I think it was pretty, it wasn't like fourth and one that they were only going for. They were going for longer fourth down attempts, which shows that the defense did its job on third down, right? That they, right. they were in, in most instances, you don't expect to have an opponent go for it on fourth down as many times as Texas Tech did. But the fact that they did and were so successful on it, I, I'm going to be very, that's something I'm going to be watching against West Virginia and moving forward in Big 12 play to see how many times other opponents make the more risky move of going for it on fourth down because of how successful Texas Tech was against Texas. And, and I mean, you know, they, they call third down the money down, right? You know, it's like, Fourth down, you don't have to face it very much, but Texas, I think, has to be ready to face it a lot more than probably any defensive coach would have expected after that Texas Tech game. Well, fourth down conversions. Guess who has the most fourth down conversions in the Big 12? West hmm. Virginia. Oh, I was going to say Texas Tech. No, you're <laughs> nine of 10. Nine of 10. Um, yeah, Texas Tech is nine of fifteen, uh, which is and six of those came against Texas, right? Yeah, yeah, six of eight against Texas, but West Virginia likes to go for it on fourth down. So here, here they come. Um, West Virginia lost a really good game against Pitt, a rivalry game where all the players were going to be up for it. They they played at. Um, I call it Heinz Fields still Pitt's home stadium. They lost. And then um, they went home and played Kansas and lost that game. And Kansas now four and oh with wins over wins at Houston and at West Virginia. And West Virginia has won its last two games against Towson. Uh, that was a blowout, 65 to 7. And then they beat a bad Virginia Tech team in in Blacksburg, um, beat them 33 to 10. And so West Virginia is coming off two straight wins. Texas coming off the loss. And, you know, JT Daniels is not going to run like Donovan Smith can run. Donovan Smith is 6'5", 230. JT Daniels is a pocket guy uh, who can run when – you know, absolutely desperate, but they bring in this crazy story, Taylor, their, their freshman running back was recruited as a tight end, CJ Donaldson. He's 6'3", 240, 6'2", 240. And this guy's averaging seven yards a carry. I mean, he's a load and uh, he's, he's going to be a lot to handle. Uh, and then you combine that with the ability to throw it uh, to Bryce Ford Wheaton and to the West Virginia receivers. Uh, this is a confident offense. Obviously, they've converted nine of 10 fourth downs. 
Uh, offense is not the problem for West Virginia. It's the back end of their defense. Well, I say that, Taylor. I, I, the whole buildup I was trying to get to was JT Daniels threw pick sixes, like devastating pick sixes, with two minutes left, two minutes and change left against Pitt that proved to be the game-winning points for the, for the Pitt Panthers. And then he threw a pick six in overtime against Kansas as West Virginia was trying to, to tie the game and ended up losing by 13 in overtime. The only way you can lose by 13 in overtime is by throwing a pick six. So, um, but JT Daniels has cleaned it up since then. We'll see what, uh, what JT Daniels uh, Texas gets on Saturday at 6.30 on FS1. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's also going to be interesting to see kind of what Graham Harrell brings because if Texas fans remember, that was uh, Tom Herman's number one choice as his offensive coordinator in twenty after that 2019 season to replace Tim Beck, um, who's now at NC State and obviously doing well there. But um, it's, it's, that's something that I've been I've been very intrigued by West Virginia before this season. Now I know that you know, the loss to Pitt, the unexpected loss to Kansas. Let's be real. Nobody expects to lose to Kansas in football. However, right now, and I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but right now, Kansas is number one in the Big 12. Yeah. Number one. And they're playing the as a and team. They're mm -hmm. And they're on a mission. Um, And they're veteran. Yep. I mean, Jalen Daniels might be a young-ish guy at quarterback, but they got a lot of veteran players. Um in other spots and they're fun to watch. I mean, they, they really are. And K state comes off the, the egregious home loss to Tulane where Chris Kleiman, the coach calls out quarterback, Adrian Martinez and saying, dude, you got to cut it loose. And then Adrian Martinez goes into Norman, Oklahoma and chops up the OU defense and plays like a Heisman candidate. So, um, K-State's a problem. I, I said they're my pick to win the Big 12 because they have a one-year window of talent and experience at every level of the defense and at every major position group on the offense. So, um, you know, this is a tough uh, – well, I say this. This could be the easiest game left on Texas' schedule Saturday. That's against crazy. Against West Virginia. Yeah, it's it's crazy to say that. I apologize if anybody just heard my dog just <laughs> barreled through my door in my office. So apologies Shaq there. But is, he's fed up with uh Shaq's like <laughs> I'm tired to see my mom angry and having to deal with fans that are angry. So <laughs> apologies well, the, for that. The knock, Taylor, is that Texas plays to the level of competition that they get right. up for the LSUs, the Georgias in the Sugar Bowl, the Alabamas in Austin, but then they don't put away the teams they're absolutely supposed to beat. And that's, you know, Lou Holtz said it best and less miles Win the games you're supposed to win, you know, you're going to lose a few, but let those losses come against the teams that are favored against your team, win the games you're supposed to win. And, and that's been a problem here for a while. And it's not just Sark's, you right. know, Sarkeesian's team. It's right. it's been Tom every Herman. Charlie yeah. Strong. I mean Mac. Mac. My goodness. I mean, it is just it's a weird thing, Chip. And I I don't know what it is about 
this program that makes that that continue, regardless of the players, the coaches, anything like that, the athletic directors. I mean, like everything is just like it's so weird. And I know that, you know, when you talk to Texas players, Texas coaches, regardless of any coach, even coaches that have been fired from Texas will tell you opponents play up. Uh, their best games when they play against Texas. And I know people that are not Texas fans, Texas fans are probably tired of hearing it, honestly, but the fans that are like hate Texas or anything are probably like, okay, there are the excuses, but literally like you can talk to fired coaches who have nothing, no reason to defend the university of Texas football program. And they will still say that teams just play up for Texas or uh, when they play against Texas. And, you know, and the thing is that is interesting is Texas doesn't, they they talk it, but they don't actually fix it, right? Like it's just it's a weird situation, and there's no rhyme or reason at this point that Texas, regardless head coach, the last four head coaches at the University of Texas, this has happened under. We're talking about a ten year almost span of different head coaches, different assistant coaches, different players, different personnel, everything from top to bottom, and it still continues. And it's just one of those not like weird anomalies. I feel like that. I don't know what's going to change it. If it's going to change, maybe, I, I no. don't know. I mean, is there an answer to it? I yeah. guess the a, edge a, in the program, where does the edge in the program come from? Uh, that I always start with that because usually with a defensive-minded head coach, the edge comes from the head coach because defensive-minded head coaches are all about, you know, see ball, hit ball, you know, chewing glass. Offensive-minded head coaches are more about the, you know, the matchups and not finesse, Jazz, but just, yeah, like, right. yeah. They're, they're trying to outfox the, the defense. They're not just trying to come for you. And, and then, you know, when you have an unbelievable talent, um, disparity advantage, uh, like, like Texas did in the early two thousands up front, Vince Young, Colt McCoy, um, you know, defensively, Earl Thomas, the list of all those guys who were going in the first and second round. We know Texas hasn't had players being taken in the first and second round. Hasn't had an offensive player taken in the first round. And, you know, since Vince Young, since Vince Young, literally last it's ridiculous. Vince Young, it's ridiculous. Six. Yeah. So the talent is getting better. Uh, we think Steve Sarkeesian's recruiting. Well, Kelvin Banks is going to be a first round draft pick. That helps. You got to have guys like that. And there's still stuff coming together. 57 new, what? No, 50, sorry. 57 freshmen, sophomores in the two deep, blah, blah, blah. Or on the roster, sorry, in the roster of your 85, 57 freshmen, sophomores. But you were up 31 17 with four minutes and 27 seconds left against Texas Tech. And you were dealing. And your defense was making enough plays. And then when the three and outs happen, that's when the doubt starts to creep in. The crowd gets a little louder. You start to get a little bit of a little hesitancy. You're not reading quite as quickly. You're questioning whether you're reading your keys correctly. And that's where um, you got to have proven veteran experience. And, you know, I didn't see... Um, well, it's just not there yet. I mean, unless DeMarvian Overshone is on the field, I don't know yet. I mean, there, I think Jalen Ford's coming. I think Tucker Dorsey, all those 
you know, David Benda, those guys can make plays, but when it gets to the momentum swinging and you got to stop the momentum, you need an answer basket. Who's that guy on defense? I don't, I don't know yet. And that's, that's a problem. Uh, for Texas Tech, it's Krishan Merriweather. You know, um, it's Tyree Wilson. You know, you know. Maybe it's Byron Murphy for Texas, but that's a lot to ask of a guy in the trenches. So um, it's 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 a it's a grow up moment for this Texas team, this program, because the the season can get away. We know that. We've seen this story before. Yeah, Texas has to answer this week. Yeah. And, and one thing, and I don't mean to, I'm and not trying to like knock DeMarvian overshone or anything like that. Like Texas held a substantial lead when he was not on the field. Yes. Against Texas tech. Yeah. So it went, it went back and forth, but yeah. And, and they took the 31 17 lead with him on the field. Yeah. And, and then the offense goes three and out three and out five and out. And that's, that can't happen anymore. It just can't. And that's Steve Sarkeesian's um, side of the ball. He's the maestro. He dials up great plays. Tech had no idea what was coming on the wheel route to Keelan Robinson to start the game. He walked into the end zone. He almost okay. fell down. Yeah. <laughs> catching the ball, and then he just walked into the end zone. That's how open he was. And kudos to Sark for going back to the wheel route with Bijan Robinson to see if Tech had figured things out, they had. Gunnar Helm was wide open underneath on that play uh, and would have picked up a first down. But, um, you know, that's where you, you've got to have experience at the quarterback position. And uh, both Hudson Card and Quinn Ewers are growing on the job. So, um, Taylor, anything else before we get to love it or leave it? No, I mean, I think I think it's – you know, I think it's going to be kind of a come to Jesus moment a little bit, I think, for Texas and Steve Sarkeesian. I mean, if you if you just look at the drive chart chip against Texas Tech, I mean, the the most amount of plays that Texas had on a single drive was a 12 play drive in um, the uh, second quarter. I think it was like right before halftime, which ended in a touchdown where if you look at Texas tech, they had an 18 play drive, a 13 play drive, 15 play drive, 10 play drive, 13 play drive, 11 play drive. I mean, and, and I'm not just blaming the defense for that. I'm blaming the offense too. I'm blaming and it's on Steve Sarkeesian at the end of the day. Like he, that was a consistent issue last year too. And the losses that, and it wasn't even just the amount of plays, but time of possession, Texas, they lost the time of possession uh, part of the game last season. They were one and seven. When they won it, they were four and oh. And Sark pointed to that being an issue after a lot of the losses last season. It hasn't improved yet. So it's like maybe he has too much on his plate being a head coach, being a play caller. That's a tough, tough job. There are very few people that can pull it off successfully. And maybe he needs help there. I I just don't know, but this can't become the the norm because he's not going to be in Austin. He's not going to be a head coach for very long, in, at, especially at Texas, if that becomes the norm once again for the second straight year. Well, it's, you know, one thing that I was, I nitpicked last year, you had Casey Thompson and Hudson card two dual threat quarterbacks 
recruited as dual threat quarterbacks, but Steve Sarkeesian doesn't like to run the quarterback. Look, if you're going to be Alabama, you got to have an offensive line like Alabama. If you're going to be a pro style offense where you run the football and play action pass, you got to be able to run the football behind an offensive line that can open holes and Steve Sarkeesian ran it right between the tackles against UTSA to send a message to his team that we're going to be, we're going to be able to run between the tackles. They couldn't run between the tackles against Texas tech. They had to run the stretch play. They were having to get to the perimeter and that's when you can also set up some misdirection with the quarterback run game, a naked bootleg, a waggle, you know, and, and listen, I'm not going to, again, I'm not going to second guess Steve Sarkeesian, but in those critical situations, if you need a play in your pocket, and I know that Hudson Card's not healthy, he's not 100% healthy, but the guy ran for 32 yards on second and 22. He's a gamer. He's a fighter. Yes. Adrenaline takes over. He's he's trying to make a play for his team. Um, that's something to consider because this, this offensive line is a work in progress. This offensive line would be a lot better with Junior Angelau on it right now. I mean, Hayden Connor's doing okay. Cole Hudson is up and down. I mean, it is, he didn't have a great day Saturday at Texas Tech, and he's a freshman. You know, I don't know where DJ Campbell is, uh, but the junior Angelau out there would would help this team right now. So um, Kelvin Banks is fine. He's going to keep getting better. Jake Majors is what he is. He's a smart you know, leverage guys going to wall guys off. He's not going to blow anyone off the ball. You're not going to see him pushing guys backwards. He's going to take his position and wall him off to the side, you know, that, uh, the play is going. So, um, anyway, just little things that add up and, and we'll, uh, we'll see what the Longhorns have going against, uh, West Virginia with probably Quinn Ewers in the lineup. And I hear Xavier Worthy's probably going to be okay too. So let's see if this uh if this team in that you know offense gets back in rhythm and the defense needs to swarm that football like they did in the first two games. Um Taylor, you ready for some love it or leave it? I am. Before we get to love it or leave it, we're going to take a really quick break, but stay tuned. We have plenty more previewing of Texas and West Virginia coming up. We'll be right back. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Love it or leave it, Chip, my first one. You ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay. 
Love it or leave it, Quinn Ewers will be Texas starting quarterback against West Virginia after missing the last two games with a sternoclavicular sprain suffered against Alabama. Yeah, everything I'm hearing leads me to love this. Um, this was the early end of the timetable for Quinn Ewers to come back from that uh, sternoclavicular sprain, which is a, you know, kind of a the cartilage, it, it's an aggravation of the cartilage that connects the the clavicle to the sternum. It's like right here, right? Kind of, yeah, and it's super yeah. <laughs> painful. That that cartilage, remember Sam Ellinger had that rib cartilage injury the whole year? And the cartilage and the ribs, it's like super glue. And when you start to tear it, man, that pain uh, is, is immense. So... Uh, this is the early part of the timetable from what I'm hearing. Uh, Quinn Ewers is going to give it a go. So uh, that uh, that could be exciting. But I'm going to love this, Taylor. How about you? Yeah, I'm going to love it too. And and just like, you know, Chip, you reported going into the Texas Tech game, if the, you know, a, an emergency situation a were to present glass itself, situation. Yeah, then Quinn Ewers would have been able to go against Texas Tech too. That would not be the ideal situation. It was more they wanted to give him more rest. So, yeah, I mean this this uh, this adds up. Is it the right call, or do you want him to sit out another week and get him extremely healthy, even more healthy, I should say, for the OU game? I don't know. I mean, it's up to Steve Sarkeesian and the staff. Um, they see these guys in practice every single day. But yeah, I'm going to love this saying that he probably will be whether it's the right move or not. Um, just cause I, I, I do feel like when we're talking about the, the, um, some of the issues, you know, on the, on the offense, the, the youth at, especially at offensive line, that type of situation. I mean, um, Steve Sarkeesian obviously is not going to try to have too many design quarterback runs, which is what Hudson card could really help out with if he did. He wants a Quinn Ewers back there, um, more of a pocket passer. So, yeah, I mean, I think that I think Quinn Ewers probably will be the starter, and uh, we'll see how how long he lasts. I mean, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a quick question for you. On the flip side, I know this was not planned or anything, but should Quinn Ewers be the starter, in your opinion? Well, I I'm gonna have to trust the medical staff on this one because I I think. Quinn Ewers would not do anything to put himself to where he could really be out an extended period of time and hurt his team. So I think the medical staff and the Ewers family have talked about everything and, you know, they're not going to make a move until everybody's on the same page about um, this being uh, a good situation for Quinn Ewers and this football team, because Look, Hudson Card is is a is a solid quarterback. He'll, you know, I've talked about it. he he's got tons of interest from other schools already wanting him to transfer, and he's been all about Texas and and he's solid. Uh, their loss to Texas Tech was not quarterback related. That uh, it was it was a combination of everything. Um, even you know even the punting. Our man Danny Trejo. Uh, had a tough day, you know, 28 yard punt after averaging, you know, 45. Uh, so that stuff, all that stuff adds up, but I think if he's out there on the field, then everybody's in agreement that 
he's medically ready to go. And he's a tough guy. We know that, Taylor. We've been talking about that coming back from that double hernia surgery. You know, hell, uh, Riley Dodge, his high school coach, said he wasn't even medically cleared. And Quinn Ewers was like, I'm playing. Yeah. <laughs> so he's a tough kid. He's a tough kid. And, and I think his teammates are really going to appreciate that about him during his time here at Texas. Yeah. All right. I will say one thing too, because I know that, you know, we're sitting here saying that the loss at Texas Tech was not on the quarterback. I wholeheartedly agree. I guarantee there are going to be some Texas fans that say, well, that interception, well, that interception led to a, or was followed up by Texas Tech offense with a three and out for a loss of two yards. So that interception did not lose the game for Texas. And I think that needs to be said because I don't think people hold on to what happened afterwards. They just hold on to that one play. So, yeah. Yeah. Hudson Carr was 20 of 30 passing. That's good enough. Bijan Robinson over hundred yards rushing. Um, you know, they, they needed complimentary football after going up 31, 17, the offense needed to help the defense. The defense needed to get off the field and Bert Auburn just keeps making big time field goals. So, <laughs> uh, all right. Love it or leave it. Number two. All right. Love it or leave it. Texas Tech's quick game crossing routes exposed a weakness in Texas defense that West Virginia is likely to go after as well. Yeah, I'm going to love this. And I'm also going to love the fourth downs because we know West Virginia uh, nine of 10 on fourth down so far this season in uh, in four games. They're going to they're going to be going for it. Now, I did not break down how many of those fourth downs were at home or away. Obviously coaches get a little more comfortable going for it on fourth down, especially fourth and seven, fourth and four when they're on their home field and they have their home fans. Um, I used to get really anxious when Tom Herman would go for it on fourth and two at Iowa state, like on the opening drives, like get the points, <laughs> get the points and get out of there. Um, that damn you know, binder Maryland, burn that thing to the ground. <laughs> you know, so it's, you know, coaches have different philosophies. Mike Leach didn't care. He went for it on fourth down, home, away, neutral. And Graham Harrell is the greatest quarterback ever to play for Mike Leach. So, um, yes, I'm going to love this. Taylor, how about you? Yeah, I mean, it, it obviously worked for Texas Tech against Texas. I feel like any opponent's going to use that until it's proven that it doesn't work. And, and same with fourth downs. Now, mind you, Texas on fourth down prior to the Texas Tech game, I think they had only allowed one fourth down conversion, I think, because I think they're technically um, 7 to 14, I think, on fourth downs so far this season. Six of those came against Texas Tech, I believe. I could, I, I may no, have right. a right. those numbers wrong. Yeah. One of six. One of six prior to prior. the Texas Tech game. So at home, Texas has been good on fourth down. That's That's what the that shows. But if, if I'm an opposing offensive coordinator or head coach or anything, I'm going to be like, let's, let's try to expose or continue to expose the weaknesses that they did show on the road until they, until they, you know, prove otherwise against us. And I, I would not be surprised if other opponents continue to utilize that, especially if it does become an issue this week against West Virginia on the, you know, Texas home turf too. If those mistakes can, or those issues continue to, present themselves. And I feel like that's going to be a common, a common thing that you're going to see from a lot of opponents. We'll see if it pre presents itself or not at home again. It hadn't 
prior to, you know, in home games, I should say. So, uh, but there's no doubt in my mind that West Virginia is going to probably try to continue to expose the weaknesses that Texas did show against Texas Tech. So I'm going to agree and love that too. Yeah. And Neil Brown, there were rumblings about his job situation after the loss to Kansas. Everyone, if you lose to Kansas, there's rumblings about your job situation. Kansas, I mean, now Lance Leipold is being talked about for every job opening in college football. Um, So, you know, West Virginia fans, slow down here. Let's see how uh, Neil Brown tries to to get this team going. But my point is, he he's going to go for it. Mm-hmm. He's everyone's expecting him to lose. He's a ten point dog. He'll he may roll out an onside kick, a fake punt, uh, going for it on fourth down every chance he gets. Because hey, let's roll the dice. Let's go for it. It's uh, no one expects us to beat Texas. Um, might be hard for us to go in there and try and beat them, you know, face up, just playing uh, regular old chess. So, um, yeah, I expect every team to let it all hang out against Texas this year. All right, love it or leave it, number three. My final one is love it or leave it. Texas losing another double-digit third-quarter lead after suffering three such losses last season is a reason for alarm. Okay, alarm. Uh I'll leave that. Um, if it happens again, oh boy, then we might be at alarm stage. Right now, it's a reason for concern, I would say. Um, so I'm going to leave this. I think it's reason for concern just because this week, Taylor, Steve Sarkeesian was asked about killer instinct, and he says that's something that we work on, we talk about, we address it. And this is that whole psychological aspect of the game that all the team building that they were doing in the off season and all the make all the hardest part of practice at the end that we've been hearing about. That's the kind of stuff that was supposed to help rectify this situation. The fact that it has reared its head again uh, in a game where Texas was up 31 17 and looked like they were in control of the game. Uh, is reason for concern. I don't think we're at alarm yet. So I'm going to leave that. Taylor, how about you? Yeah, I think I think it's it's more of a it's the alarm that's set off is more the PTSD honestly from last season more so than anything of what Texas has shown so far this year. Um I I definitely think it is a reason for concern especially if Texas is not at home. Um, I think that's a fair thing. And and it's also a reason of concern considering West Virginia is, I believe they're the only Big 12 team that holds the both all-time record over Texas and also a substantial um, record when playing in Austin. I think West Virginia has won four of the six games in Austin Um and, and, and I don't think, I think Neil Brown has, did he win? I, I don't know. I think he's won. Yeah, most of that was Dana. Yeah, it was mainly Dana Holgerson. But still, I mean, this is a program that has had answers when they have gone to Texas. We'll see if that continues um, under Neil Brown this year. But yeah, I mean, I think there's definitely a reason for concern. I would say I kind of want to ask this question, the next true road game that Texas has. 
to see if we're having the same type of concerns there just because of, uh, I guess it would be what was, or Oklahoma State would be the next true road game. Oklahoma obviously is technically a road game, but neutral field. Um, but that I think is where you're going to see more of if this is a true concern or not, just because of based off of, I mean, Texas is basically three and one. Well, I guess they lost to Alabama too, but still like, I mean, they, they haven't shown those issues from last year um, aside from the Texas tech game. So I kind of want to put this on hold <laughs> on the back burner. We'll see. This may be a good question after the Oklahoma state game or even the Oklahoma game. But for now, I think I would leave it. It's not an alarm set off type of scenario, but it's something to keep um, kind of in the back of your mind though, moving forward through big 12 play. Well, here's another thing to be concerned about that I meant to bring up when we were talking about the Texas tech crossing routes um, and what Frank Harris did uh, to this defense. Texas is allowing opponents to complete 67.7% of their passes. That is the worst in the big 12 West Virginia is allowing opponents to complete 54% of their passes. That is the best in the big 12. So um, Texas has those two pick sixes. Those are the two interceptions that Texas has for the season. So they've got to, they got to get their hands on more footballs. Uh, there were a couple balls on the ground at Texas tech, including one, you know, inside the, in the red area, uh, but they couldn't, they couldn't jump on it. And so uh, that Texas defense can make life a lot easier for themselves by creating some turnovers. And uh, we'll see, we know that JT Daniels has, has given it up to the other team in a big way with those pick sixes that helped decide the game in the loss to Pitt and in the loss to Kansas. So can Texas get its pressure and its coverage synced up to uh, to make it a long day on JT Daniels? They might be able to, and this thing might, might be an easy win for Texas, but uh, they need to start putting that kind of pressure on the opposing team and forcing those kinds of mistakes because Donovan Smith had been a turnover factory. That's what I was going to say. He had been probably worse than JT Daniels. <laughs> and he looked smooth as a, as a gravy sandwich as, as uh, my man, David Anderson used to say. So they've got to get pressure. They've got to disrupt uh, that, that quick passing game. And uh, we'll see. We'll see if they can get it done on Saturday night, 6.30, DKR, and on FS1 if you're not at the game. All right, everybody, thanks for listening to this edition of the Flagship Podcast. And if you haven't listened to our Monday Flagship Pod interview with Chris Anderson of earsports.com, the 24-7 sports West Virginia team site, uh, Chris does a great job of breaking down this West Virginia team, uh, including that phenomenal story about CJ Donaldson recruited to West Virginia as a tight end. And now they're leading rusher and a monster 240 pounds, 7.3 yards per carry. He's got six touchdown runs. Bijan Robinson has seven. Uh, and so this is a, this is, this is a good story. Uh, check out that podcast. Listen to Chris Anderson, break it down for you for Taylor Estes. I am chip Brown. 
Until next time, we'll see you over at horns247.com. Until then, stay safe and keep the faith. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, (laughs) nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.